Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. I'm sitting here with Jesse Otto, the president of Brushmasters. And not Maserati, but paint Arati. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And the beautiful Melanie is co-hosting today. How are you hi, doing? Hi, Jason. Uh, hi, hi. How are you doing? Hi, hi. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. I don't know really where to start. There's a lot of things to talk about here. You know, I guess the most memorable part of this visit so far has been our commonalities in not only where we live, mm -hmm. but background in horses <laughs> and some fun stories surrounding that. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So let, I guess history, you know, I, I, I'm most interested, I guess, right now to find out more about how this business got going. You got a couple things going on. And it sounds like your dad was the 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 founder of the business back in the day. Mm -hmm. And Let's let's start there. So what was your dad's background? How did he come up with the idea of Brushmasters? Did he try other businesses before uh, giving this Brushmaster thing to go? And what's the progression up until present day? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I can handle it. So excitingly enough, uh, my father is a man of perseverance. He actually, we didn't talk about this, but he actually didn't graduate from high school. Oh. He got in a fight uh, with his teacher, with his, his dad went with him and just had a disagreement and didn't end up even graduating. But he was a hard worker and that showed through just... Where's uh, your dad from? He grew up New Hope area. New Hope? Okay, yep. yeah. So you got a fight with his dad, and he's like, "I'm out of here." And he not with his dad, with oh. the teacher in the school. Oh, a teacher his, in the school. Yep. And okay. his dad disagreed with the teacher as well, some kind of situation, and ah. said, "You know, you're out of here. Let's. You're not going to graduate." So, wow. I think it was close. I think it was maybe just the walk he was missing, but but. So yeah. he's always been a hard worker. Always been a hard worker. And uh, so then, you know, high school didn't work out. So what, what was his next step then? I think he he worked as a truck driver. Quickly got into management within that, and then started painting with a friend. And before you knew it, he started Brushmasters. So he was relatively young. Relatively young. That was in '86. Yeah. Yep. So. He had done a number of things, but I think he had always shown that he was a leader in the things that he did do. And, you know, when it came to Brushmasters, he started, it really, I remember meeting Al Lundgren. Um, he started, he was one of the brothers that had Lundgren Brothers builders mm -hmm. back in the day. Mm -hmm. And him and Al, we would we'd go to his house and, and uh, <laughs> Lundgren Brothers was a really big builder back then. And so yeah. even before the financial crisis of 08, we were a good percentage, 80% of all um, what then became Lennar. Oh, wow. So was that his strategy out of the gate? It's like, hey, let me, uh, let me build relationships with these big builders and uh, yeah. do all the you know, residential painting for them. Is that, was, his, was that his strategy? You know, it's funny because uh, strategy in my father, he, he just, he's who he is. And it's the relationships that he created, but he wasn't ever strategic about it. He's mm. a people person. He's a people person, and, and when I would go into the business when I was younger, I would just hear people say, you know, it's your dad that, you know, that's why I'm here. And it's oh. the things that he would do and, and would tell nobody. And people really appreciated Paul yeah. for that. And I, I was always admiring 
just who he was as a leader. And even, even when he didn't have that formal training through school, if you will, he was, it was really natural for him. Sounds like a man of integrity. Mm, yes, absolutely. His name is Paul? Yes, his name is Paul. All right. Good job, Paul. So is Paul still around in the business? Or, so uh, Paul comes in. He loves to come in. The people love to see him. He's less involved today, but okay. yeah, he's yeah. still... He still loves to stop in and, and join a couple meetings every now and again. Sure. And when the business started, was it, was the focus initially on residential or not necessarily? Was this whatever came across his way you would consider and take on? Yep. Well, Lundgren Brothers was residential, new construction builds. And mm-hmm. then they uh, sold to U.S. Homes, which then sold to Lennar. So there was a, kind of a couple different changes in there. Um, and obviously, those are all residential. But mm-hmm. you know, during the financial crisis, we said as a company, we really have to diversify to get a better stability, if you will. That's also when I joined Vistage, which uh, was a huge help for me as a leader and just challenging my way of thinking um, yeah. to to do better and be better. And how can I do that within the organization? Vistage. I don't think we've ever talked about Vistage on a podcast ever. So you care to you know, sure. give us a little summary on what Vistage is all about? Yeah. So Vistage, there's also Minnesota Executive Group um, here in the Twin Cities, but it's where leaders go who either run companies or own them. There's a couple different groups, uh, management groups or CEO level groups, but uh, that's where people go and, and get challenged as leaders. I remember my first, gosh, was like right around 2009, it was all men in the group. Uh, and I mm-hmm. remember uh, I was a little bit, uh, I was young, right? So mm-hmm. I had uh, I had a couple things just that could have made the situation easy. But I remember walking in and I said to the guys, <laughs> look, I'm paying a lot of money every month to be here. And I'm here to get honest, critical feedback. So I, as a leader, can can be better and lead this company into a way where we can be successful for our employees and for our, our clients. So... That was back in 2009? That was in the financial crisis when I first started. Wow. So you've been a member of this group for quite a long time. I have. I've taken a break in okay. between there, but I've always wanted to challenge myself. I didn't yeah. realize this when I was in college, but I said when I graduated, I could I could go back and, and get a degree in every in every um, area. But now when I've taken some assessments, I'm a, a, a learner at heart. So that kind of a group is perfect for me because it, it lets me understand how different industries are working, what their challenges are. And at some point even help me bring that back to our organization, our industry and say, what can we do better? And how could, could we drive this business in a, in a way that, you mm-hmm. know, we can yeah. learn from others. And so that group, I feel like when I went to that team and I said to the to the group of, of men at the time, it was like their shoulders kind of relaxed and we were like, okay, okay, good. She can handle we can this. Be real. <laughs> She's got thick skin, you know? And I said, Love yeah, it. I really do. I want you to challenge me and to push me. And, you know, you might have to tell me some things that I don't want to hear or that aren't easy to hear. But as a leader, I just knew that that was the only way I was going to get better. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Vistage. So you recommend people to check it out? Vistage, um, yes, or Minnesota Executive Group. Um, very similar. Very similar. Very yeah. similar. Different formats. And so it depends kind of what you're looking for. Vistage has a lot of speakers, half-day yeah. you know, speaker sessions. Um, and sometimes time can, for, for us leaders, be challenged. So um, that's kind of the, the main difference between the two. Mm-hmm. So we just had lunch with uh, Jesse Houlihan, was, who was a guest on the podcast a while ago. She's with Stahl Construction. Yes. And uh, during that lunch, she used this word uh, repeatedly to the point where it stuck in my mind. And this is part of her vocabulary and the way she talks. 
So as you're kind of explaining yourself in your uh, quest to be the best version of yourself, I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. she referred to a lot of her friends that she likes to hang out with mm-hmm. as expansive. Yes. You remember her using that word a lot? Yeah, I yeah. sure do. So it she, caught my ear too. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would describe you mm. also with that word. Like mm. expansive too, in the sense sure. like you're, you're here now but you want to get there and you're always looking to level up and take it to the next step. And, and you're not, you know, satisfied so much with status quo. You always feel like you can do a little better. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's, yes, that's really, you know, and if we're not, then what are we doing? You know, uh, you should, you know, I always say to the team here, um, even though we think we're doing really good, we can always get better. Yeah. And so there's that constant desire for, there's always opportunity to be had. We kind of talked about it a little mm-hmm. earlier. I believe in win-wins. My team is like exhausted by the by the saying, but if you can't go to a customer or client or even internally working together, finding the win-wins and mm. you haven't tried hard enough. What do you think this um, always wanting to be better, the best version of yourself or this expansive person that you are, where, where does that you think come from? Is it part of your DNA? Was it instilled in you by your dad? Is this something you discovered, you know, later in life? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's yeah. a it's a good question. I mean, I think <laughs> do you some, feel like you've always been that way. I like, if some, I'm going to do something, I better be the best at it. I think it comes uh, from maybe your childhood. In mine specifically, my my parents were divorced when I was young. Okay, and um, my mom had four different jobs. This was before my dad had started this business, um, and she worked really, really hard. And for me. I I kind of said I never I never want to struggle as much as sure. she did, right. and I don't want to, you know, I don't I don't want to be challenged. I I didn't have a lot as a child in that regard. Um, mm. With with her, she was working so much that she wasn't home, and and so I would go out and pick weeds for neighbors and cut their grass. And for me, it was just a mindset. I think when I think back to it, it wasn't uh, poor me. It was. This is the situation I have. And so kind of fast forwarding that, what a great value to learn at a young age. And we all have those kind of stories, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody has a perfect childhood or upbringing. And I don't want to put any kind of, you know, ill thoughts to that, right? Mm. Because I had a lot of great things about my childhood too. Um, But that was, you know, now I look back, that was really instrumental to me as far as realizing at a young age that I wasn't like maybe all the other kids (laughs) whose, whose parents were always around and, but I knew, I knew my parents loved me. So it was mm-hmm. just the, the way the situation was at the time. And fast forwarding now, you know, a sense of responsibility, I think, that for me with 120 plus employees, I, I feel responsible for them and their families and to make sure that I give them an opportunity in a place that gives them opportunity and that brings them joy mm-hmm. <laughs> every day because yeah. work is a part of what we mm-hmm. have to do. So let's let's enjoy it and let's do it well and let's yeah. be different. And whenever yeah. I hear you talk about, you know, like what you want to do next, what you're striving for, what your goals are, yeah. the word team is mm-hmm. always in that sentence. Mm-hmm. Every time I've heard you talk about, you know, what you guys are doing next or what, you, you know, what your goals are, mm-hmm. you always bring up that you know, it's your team. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. You know, you always have that leadership mentality. Mm. Yeah. You know, thanks for, for bringing that. We just talked about that kind of in our meeting this morning. And, you know, what makes me, what made me 
want to stay. There was a period of time when I worked here after working at Accenture downtown that I chose to come into the family business. And in 2017, taking on the role of president, I really had to say, wait a minute, what do I want to do? Am I, am I doing this for my father because I want to make him proud or because I think it's what he wants me to do? Or am I doing this because this is what I want to do? And I had that really kind of sobering moment of what is that answer? That aha moment. And for a time, I think uh, there was many years I worked here because I wanted to help my father and I wanted to uh, make things easier for him and support him. We have a tendency as daddy's girls to do that. <laughs> we do. And you know, I, you know, I, he's, he's so, he's such an easy person to admire and to learn from. Mm-hmm. But I had to make that decision because I knew I couldn't lead the people, the employees, and the team if I didn't do it for the right reasons. And at that moment, it was something that came to me and I said, it doesn't matter the problems I get to solve in what organization, but it does matter who I get to solve them with. Mm-hmm. And That's good. when I looked around the table of the people that were, were in the business, um, I wanted to solve them with, with those people. And to lead that team to want to continue to challenge themselves and you know their, themselves and it it became uh, very clear to me even even after thinking of all the the uh, the, the the stress mm-hmm. <laughs> that can ensue as a leader and that mm-hmm. that weight that you put on yourself to say you know that's a lot of responsibility and you know am I am, can I do it I've got yeah. three kids at home uh, younger kids that I and a husband I love and you know can I do all that and be everything to everybody. And the answer is without an awesome husband at home, I couldn't, but I can. So that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so cool. how long have you been president now? So since 2017. 2017. And uh, were you involved in the company much before that? Yeah, 2004, I came here and uh, came from Accenture. I wanted to be a lawyer, but anyway, ended up in the IT world, which uh, was interesting kind of transition. Learned a lot at Accenture and wanted to bring that into the business. So we we were taking job numbers on a notebook back then. And I said, look, I think I can create this software system. So I learned the intricacies of the inner business, kind of worked with different people in, in the, the shop and the production area. And created a software system that back then was pretty uh, pretty articulate and awesome. We yeah. called it the BMI. <laughs> uh, Body mass index. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could say. But yeah, um, Brushmaster's information oh, system, oh, which okay. is... Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So created that and that kind of ensued a, a path for me throughout, the, throughout my time here. Great. Mm-hmm. So what's, uh, I don't know, do any particular challenges, uh, memorable challenges come to mind since being coming the president of the company? Or, I mean, were you, another question could be, you thought something was going to be super difficult, but once you dug in, it was, well, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't the monster I, I, I thought it would be. Yeah. I think, I think what's always difficult as a president is having those really difficult conversations with employees when Mm. there's a gap between perception and reality. Mm -hmm. And for me, knowing where we want to take this business and how we want to grow and what the responsibilities we have are, um, not everyone is the right fit for our organization. And when you see that, it becomes obvious. Um, And for me, kind of coming into the business in that spot in 2017, there were some 
you know, some gaps there as far as, you know, are we all on the same page? Uh, Traction, right seat, right spot. And, you know, really working through that and being honest with people. I'm a very transparent leader. Um, one of the things that I dislike the most is the passive aggressive natures that sometimes oh. we can experience here in Minnesota. Yes, it's such a Minnesota thing. I know, I know. And I think you can you, you can say anything. Tom Hubler, as a family business consultant, he said once, uh, you can say anything as long as you say it in a caring and kind way. Mm. <laughs> and at first I chuckled, but you know, as I've continued, he's right. You know, when you really care about somebody, you can talk about some of the gaps that you think exist. Exist. And and ultimately, you can't fix those gaps unless you're honest with them. And so, um, I think I think that's you know what I was probably the most difficult thing. But it's now become something that's so easy because I care so much mm-hmm. that I have to. I want to tell them because yeah. uh, I want them to make a choice to get better or to find a different spot that make, makes more sense for yeah. for their spiritual the gifts for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's all about your mindset. You know, I feel like I get put in situations too where I get uncomfortable or nervous. But if I remind myself, I'm just here to help, period. Mm -hmm. You know, help help the business, help them Mm -hmm. uh, in whatever way I can. And it takes the attention off of me and my anxiety and puts it on them. It's like, how can I help them? You know? Yep. Absolutely. And you brought up traction. And uh, I know a big section of the book of traction talks about core values mm. um, for your company. Is that, uh, is that an important thing here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's become more important to me. I thought it was just something you put on the wall to check a box and say, yeah, yeah we've got our mission statement and we've got our core values. But what's different today than, than maybe, you know, in the past is we really infiltrate that. You know, yeah. when we communicate, we say, you know, one of our core values is show you care. And, you know, we say, hey, you know, thanks, Jason, you know, for doing this and showing you care. I mean, we just really, it's a part of our review process, as you know, kind of in traction. It's all yeah. kind of encumbered. Yep. Um, and they are, and it is important. And I would say that we we hire people basis that and we let people go basis not meeting those requirements. And so it's much easier to make decisions when you know. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. either a plus or a minus in traction world. Yeah. And, uh, yep. You don't want minuses. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep. Okay, let's focus on the business a little bit. Yes. So you got a couple things going on here. Yes. Uh, Brushmasters and... Painterati? Yes. All right. Yep. You said it right. Uh, let's talk about Brushmasters. Yep. What is it that you guys do? What do you focus on? What's a good client look like? That type of thing. Yeah. Thanks. So Brushmasters is the B2B part of our business. So we serve um, builders and in many different facets from the national home builders, mm-hmm. Lennar, and to the custom and remodel builders. You know, a good partner for us is, you know, a company that has the same core values in or close, I yeah. should say, right? Because yeah. just like we we bring on uh, employees, it's the same with our customers. We really want to know that we're a partnership and that they care as much as we do. Because when we look at, you know, being a part of finishing someone's home, uh, what we would, you know, consider to be their dream, right? <laughs> this is a yeah. really big expense. And um, no matter how big or small this home is, we just, we really want to partner with people who who have those values. And um, that's a good partner. Do good you have any people. horror stories? I'm just curious. So let's say you brought on a, <laughs> brought on a partner and without naming names. Yeah. And um, I don't know, the numbers looked right. It's like, yeah, let's give it a shot. But uh, the core values weren't right. 
Sure. Um, do you have any uh, story about something like that? Well, I'd maybe never throw a specific partner under the bus yeah, or yeah, past you, partner, yeah. I would say. I would just say that um, there are times when um, our clients maybe have different ways of doing business. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes it's easy to pass the buck and just say it's not our fault. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's finger pointing. It's finger pointing um, yeah. and just not being a part of the solution, but being part of like, hey, it's, you know, it's their issue. You should go yeah. talk to them and kind of like wash your hands of it and yeah. not recognizing that at the end of the day, uh, the people who are purchasing the home are really all our clients and that we're in this together. Sure. So I've had a few of those situations where yeah. it is about, we've been in business since 86. I would say, um, while we'll, I'll never claim that we'll be perfect um, mm. or you know, continue to have not have imperfections in some of the things that we do, but what I would claim is that we always do the right thing. Make it right. And we make it right. And even when it's a situation where it costs us money, and sometimes that is the case, you know, we've had product spills on somebody's really expensive. (laughs) Right. And you know what? It's unfortunate, but when those things happen, we're not just going to finger point or walk away. So that is, uh, that is why. And I think that's something you hear from a lot of us, you know, Mm. they know that, Hey, we're going to do the right thing, which is, which is our, which is one of our core values, right? Right. What would you do? How would you handle it? And and we kind of say that internally with people, you know, that work in all facets of our business. What do you think the right thing to do is? And and then talking through that, getting kind of to the resolution that that matters, right? Which is some sort of action, so. Do you feel that that's brought about a lot more of your success, you know, that kind of do the right thing because what goes around comes around, Mm. karma, whatever you want to call it, you reap what you sow? Yeah. You know what? I think when people, I think when you, when you just naturally exude what's important and to me, it's our employees and to how they treat our clients and following through with what we say. Um, And if we make a mistake that we'll make it right. I think that's a natural growth strategy and it might not get you that overnight, but ultimately that's, that's what I care about. You know, um, revenue growth is important, but growing with the right people is even more important. Well said. Yeah, and I think that comes with experience. You know, when I, uh, I've had a few businesses now, and I, I remember back in the day, like, no money, I'm broke, and uh, I'm willing to take on whatever comes my way. And, you know, your intuition's telling you, no, this client's going to be a pain in the ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you do it anyway, because yeah. I need the money, yeah. you know what I mean? But after you get established and you're not starving anymore, you can start, uh, I guess the fog clears and you start seeing, okay, yeah, this one isn't going to be worth it. Yeah. You know, is this a bad fit? Yeah. So I'm going to pass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, life's a lot, a lot more enjoyable. And I say even in the work environment, mm-hmm. if, if we all are in this together in the sense of a uh, long time PM, go out to a job, stay late, was late for a wedding and uh, reached out to shake you know, at the time partner's hand and they wouldn't shake their hand. Wow. And I was, I was like, what? Um, they're just too bougie, too fancy to shake hands or, you know, and I think there's that perception in the industry of the people who do the work. And sometimes, you know, for us, uh, for me, that's just like, I don't, 
I <laughs> could you imagine? It's like, hey, how's it going? And you're just look at my hand. No, like, you know, no, I don't. No, no how no. awkward. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was, I was, I was so surprised. Um, right. And uh, and I think that's really what challenged me to say, you know, not every every customer for us is the right customer. Right. Because yeah. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to do that, and I'm not going to ask other yeah. people within the organization to be okay with that. And that's when it really became important that. And it really proved true too. Uh, top line growth does not always mean bottom line growth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. for it's not certain. What you make is what you keep. Yes, and yeah. and while they're they're both important, yeah. um, because I believe growth is important and constantly looking at what you can do to grow those efficiencies, be better, do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, technology is is a huge part of that in, in the industry specifically. So that was that was a big that was yeah. a that was kind experience. Wake up. Wake, yeah. wake up for me, and then you know this is I think. <laughs> What I loved about the industry is it's made of a lot of hardworking people in oh, all yeah. the trades. Mm-hmm. These are people who love working with their hands. Sure. And, um, and that was my father. Mm. And um, there's no shame in that. In fact, you can make such an amazing career out of it, mm-hmm. especially where we're at today. Definitely. We are so short in um, some of those people who just want to work with their hands and they can make a good living. And some point, people need to realize these are people who are very intelligent and who work hard and that deserve that respect yeah. um, because they create, you know, they help create the biggest, most important expense that most of us make once, mm. twice, right. your home. Yeah. And when you look around and you look at your every facet of your house, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Yeah. What a great thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you guys hiring then? What a crazy year this has been, right? Yeah. In fact, I we're hiring for a couple positions, and we we actually uh, leveraged a recruiter, and we just got a phone call yesterday, and the recruiter said, "I I can't I can't I can't do that anymore. I just I'm I'm not getting right. This is a big recruiting. I can't find people. Wow. And I I can't promise you this when I can't even feel confident in it. The so, recruiter said they can't do anything. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So um, now, granted, this is one recruiter of many, and mm-hmm. um, I do have a recruiter working on a, a sales position for for one of our divisions. So it's not widespread, but I'll just tell you, you know, I thought the year of COVID was challenging, but the year after is even more. I'm on the, one of the strategic council for Lennar, and we talk about it often, the, uh, the supply issues in the industry, uh, in prices. Uh, you guys are, you know, it's, it's, mm, it's common knowledge, but to yep. live it every day. You know, one of the words we talk about is what's the variable product? What's the other product? What's the, what, what else can we use? Drywall shortages, paint shortages. Do you guys install drywall? Mm-hmm. Yes. So drywall, paint, finishes, staining, mm-hmm. all that. All that. We have a pre-finishing shop that services kind of our internal builders, yeah. right, that we do work for. So it doesn't, you know, cause any delays. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd say back in the day, if one of the doors got installed and they were warped and they had to be replaced, just send it to our shop so we can keep going on the house. And we'll take care of that. So it was kind of an elevated service nice. for the builders. So say this again. So for Brushmasters, yeah. before we bring up the other business, for mm-hmm. Brushmasters, a good client would be home builders. Home builders, yeah. Looking for services pertaining to paint paint and drywall, drywall installation, yep. finishing, yep. all that. Yep. Okay. So then we got Painterati. Painterati. Yep. Yes. So listeners, to remember that name, think Maserati. <laughs> but instead of Maza, put paint. Paint-a-rati, all yes. right? Yes. So paint what, what what's that business all about? 
So Painterati started back in 2009, came out of the financial crisis when we really needed to diversify. We kind of talked about that earlier. And so a lot of the homeowners from the houses that we would do with builders would call us years later and say, hey, you did my house five, six, seven years ago. I, I need a touch up. Can you help me? Yeah. And we would do that, but we never really had a division that was really isolated to service sure. those kind of residential clients, right? So yeah, it's yeah. a different process. It's a right. it's different business. It's different competitors. So we created Painterati just for that. And it's definitely, a, we have seven main core services and it's an exciting business in the sense that we can, you know, be that aftercare, if you will, to a lot of homeowners too. So, so is it painting residential homeowners, interiors, exteriors, cabinet finishing, baseboards, doors, all that stuff? Yeah. Or you did a it... really good job. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were our main seven services. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do, do, you know, a lot of people don't know this, right? So um, yeah. if you look at some of those older homes, we, we call it the golden oak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't go broke changing your golden oak, right? <laughs> uh, that was one of our, our high blocks. But uh, I have that actually in, in the older home that I purchased. And yeah. uh, I oh, just so can't I. wait to, to, to change that over. We've, uh, but we, uh, Painterati actually came into to my basement and painted over all the golden oak. And so nice. made it uh, enamel color. That's beautiful. So, so a lot of we do trim transformations. We call that. So we we go in when you go into a house and you see all this golden oak. We can come in and go ahead and and paint over that to to make it more of the updated kind of yeah. enamel white, which yeah. is right. what most people are looking for these days. But one of the things we do too is we do a lot of kitchen transformations. So if your boxes of your cabinets are in good shape, mm-hmm. we can come in and put brand new one MDF. And so one, fronts. yep, fronts and take away your, your hinges and uh, conceal hinges and, um, and go ahead and paint that. And you have a whole brand new kitchen for a fraction of the price. Wow. And, and, you know, it that's makes such a, a dramatic difference. It is a huge difference. Huge. Yeah. We do, um, you know, the tile backsplash and some of the countertops. So we have partners that we work with, um, okay. to do the complete kitchen, if that's something Cool. That, but that's one of the services to kitchen transformations, trim exteriors, ceiling. A lot of people want the knockdown ceiling. So we take the popcorn, scrape that off and and do that too. Yeah. I lived in Texas and they called that knockdown orange peel. Have you heard that? Orange peel. Yep. And orange peel is everywhere. It was on the ceiling. It was on the the walls. It's everywhere everywhere down there. You know what's really crazy for me is that when you go to different places, you see different trends, the different trends and the different expectations. And you would hear this from a lot of people that Midwest have have the greatest expectations. Oh. Greatest meaning good or fancy. greatest <laughs> meaning fancy. <Yes. laughs> a lot of people back it was like the smooth ceiling and it's really difficult uh, yeah. to get that smooth cuz you you know have to finish tape and it's hard to get that the worst isn't yes, it? Yes, with some of the especially if you want to sheen on it it kind of yeah. elevates oh some of the opportunities of imperfections and yeah, so Minnesota has the uh, the highest expectation for the finishes in yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. We're and, just a bunch of snobs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, once you once you're accustomed to it, it's hard to go back and think, what am you're gonna put this knockdown or orange peel on my wall? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, this I'm looking for us, you know. So Swim. yeah, it's definitely so you got it covered. Whether you're a homeowner or a business in need of any kind of paint, drywall, finishing, mm-hmm. refinishing, cabinets, baseboards, 
interior, you do exterior too? Do exterior, yes. Man. So what is either, it's going to be brush masters or painterati is mm-hmm. going to be able to help that client out, depending if it's a business or mm-hmm. yeah. client. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Got it. All right. So I don't know. We're, we're coming up to 33 minutes here, Jesse. <laughs> is there anything that uh, you wanted to bring up that we didn't yet bring up about the business? No, no, I just, I would just, you know, this is, you know, what's, what's probably top of mind for every, you know, business owner now is this current challenging environment with uh, the political Mm -hmm. differences that we're all facing. Crazy times, man. It is crazy. And what divide it's bringing, you know, but I think that's a little bit of history, you know, repeating itself. So just to be cognizant of, of, of that and, you know, while we all have differences, you know, just trying to understand the other others' opinions. And yeah. at the end of the day, I say this a lot to my to my kids, right? We know what we believe in and we know what how we feel. But sure. it's important to be respectful to to people who might think or feel differently. And that's, you know, the shot, getting the shot, not getting the shot, you know, <laughs> Trump yeah. or Biden, you know, and I'm very open about who I am and what I believe in that regard. But yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a hot topic for a lot of us. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, to respect other people's differences without, you know, being offended or disrespectful to them. And right? being okay to say, this is who I am. I talked to um, somebody who works at a company called Capstone. And what they do is they do a lot of um, M&I activity, which is going to be coming, I think, big. Uh, as a lot of uh, M&A activity really stopped for a good decade. What activity? Um, M&A? Yep. Mergers and acquisitions. Oh, okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. She was saying, you know, like a lot of companies are making decisions about who they purchase from, bearing what their beliefs are. And oh, I, I think sure. that I think that's something to, to really, you know, consider. While a lot of companies want to say they're neutral, um, at the end of the day, I think it's gonna it's gonna be the difference maker as far as you know what your beliefs are, sure. your actual authenticity that you're showing. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. that makes me think of core values again. Could you imagine? Yep. Buying another company who had the exact opposite core values as you do, like yeah. how, how well is that going to work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great <Right>. transformation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to take over that one. Yeah, so I think I think for any customer, you know, not just in in my segment or in my business or my industry, but customers out there, I think those are good things to think about. You know, mm-hmm. who are you supporting and what are you supporting, mm-hmm. and to be a brilliant of doing your own research because there's so much information out there. And misinformation. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. And misinformation and knowing where your line is going to be, you know, how far are you willing to go? Those are conversations I, I have on a regular basis, you know, with my kids in school, with the employees and it's okay. It's okay to believe what you you believe. So being, being strong in that, in a world that, that needs. Be authentic. Yeah. The authentic. You can always be honest with being, and I think that goes back to what we were saying. You can always be honest with being Karen. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. Did you just come up with that? No, I, I wish I did. <laughs> I can't claim that one. <laughs> That's a good one, though. I've heard that before. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's definitely a good one. Well, so. great. Uh, Jesse, let's, let's bring this home. And uh, I want to, you know, put out the website. I, I don't have the Painterati website, but I do have Brushmasters. You want to, I'm assuming Painterati has a website? Yes. Right? You yes. want to throw that out there for them? And actually, if you go to Brushmasters, there is a homeowner a section on there that takes you right to the Painterati 
oh, okay, uh, website. So if you're yeah. a homeowner and you come on to the brushmasters.com, it takes you right to Panerati. Okay. okay. So there you got it. Brushmasters.com. Yes. And if you're a homeowner, click that button. And it'll, <laughs> it'll bring you right where you need to go. Okay, cool. Yes. Jesse Otto, president of Brushmasters and Painterati, located in Maple Grove, Minnesota. I appreciate your time. Thank and you. I think the companies are in great hands with you <laughs> as the president. I think you're doing a yes. great job, Jesse. Thank you so much for coming here. And uh, I appreciate your time as well. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on. Yes. I really appreciate it. Yes. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.